Welcome back to another episode of the Unregulated Podcast. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. <laughs> and I'm your cab driver, Mike McKenna. We are uh, here on Thursday, October 28th with some yeah. breaking ding, news, ding, which ding. we'll get to in a couple of seconds. This is episode number 55, and, and you've got you've to gotta know. You've got to recall a number 55. I can think of 155, not for the Yankees, for the Giants. Okay. Who do you, who do you want to give me for the Yankees? You give me yours first. Uh, a favorite player of mine, a linebacker with their um, championship teams in the 80, uh, 80s and 90s, a guy named Brian Kelly. Okay. Um, great, great, great player. Um, kind of slow. Most famous for a fake punt um, that he executed in the NFC Championship game in 1991, help him beat the 49ers 15-13. Not that I remember this stuff. Okay. Well, we'll have to dig. Producer, dig that up and throw that in the show notes. That'd be fun to watch. All right. My number 55 is a Pedro killer. Uh, 2009 World Series single-handedly delivered the final game. Hideki Matsui. Uh, Loved that guy. Awesome. Good player. Awesome player. Totally, 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 totally cool dude. Okay. Um... Well, let's get to the breaking news, shall we? Sure. What's the breaking news? You got you. You can do it. You can oh, deliver it. I'm doing the breaking news. Yes, well, sir. Uh, yeah. So, so president got up this morning and um, press told the press seven thirty at a seven thirty press briefing that they had a deal on um, on uh, the reconciliation and infrastructure, and then went up to the hill at like nine o'clock and told everybody, "Hey, this is the 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 Congress's." History and the presidential history, his, his, the history of his presidency is going to be defined by getting this legislation done and blah, blah, blah. And then it, uh, and then at one o'clock today, text mysteriously appeared of the reconciliation bill. Um, of the which, House version. House version of the reconciliation bill. Which is all, not the reconciliation bill. Right. All, 16, it, right, all 1,600 pages that we'd never seen. They went to rules at three o'clock. And apparently they're going to vote tonight. And, and, Honestly, we've been sitting around trying to think of like, why would you do such a thing? Because there's a there's a couple of things in there. The Senate has just said, yeah, we're not actually doing. So you're essentially asking the House guys to walk a plank, not just one, probably multiple ones, including tax increases, right? That are Senate's not going to agree to half of these tax increases. Um, it's a, it is a. A move born of some desperation, I think. Right? They're 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 looking at the election in Virginia and the election in New Jersey, and they are thinking that something really bad can happen, and they need to to do something dramatic. The interesting thing was, of course, the president's presser at um, uh, eleven thirty, um, which, in typical White House fashion, said, "Yeah, we're actually going to do it early at eleven fifteen, and they wound up doing it late, started at eleven forty. Um, at the end of it, he's like, "Yeah." Peace out, bitches. I'll see you in Scotland yeah. in Italy. Like, like <laughs> no, just, no, just nothing. Like, there's nothing else going on. Like, just right? like, like, here's this great big giant announcement I have for you. And now I'm going to Europe for a couple of weeks. Best okay. of luck, guys. And I saw, uh, who knows if this is verified, but if, it, if, it, if it's last... half the number, uh, there's rumors that he's bringing like, like several hundred people, uh, yeah, members staff. of the of the okay, administration. Okay, so I'm assuming what happened there is that is that a bunch of people are getting added on who are sitting in United States missions in Europe. But I'm not sure of that, by the way. And by the way, the um, meeting with the Pope is no longer tele- 
going to be televised. Yeah, the Pope, not even the Pope wants to get on TV with this guy. <laughs> yeah. You think, about, you think about the Roman Catholic Church. We started hanging out with whores and tax collectors and... Not, not even, not even. We want to be associated with this guy. One last thought, right? To give you some sense of how serious official Washington's taking this great deal framework thing or whatever, I called up a friend of mine to see if she wanted to have dinner on a Senate scheduler, and she said, "Yeah, I expect the boss is going to be in a flight at five o'clock out of here." <laughs> I was like, "Well, okay. are we not staying okay. this weekend to work on this?" So the 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 energy tax is in the bill. Yeah, the 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 methane fee. Yeah, which is Washington. Speak for an energy tax, a tax on natural gas, essentially, which will violate Biden's pledge not to raise uh, taxes on poor people who make less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, and 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 the funny thing is, the one you know, Senator Manchin's already specifically flagged that as something he's not in favor. I haven't read the sixteen hundred twenty-five pages yet. What? But I suspect that the um, Hyde Amendment is probably not in there. No, but I tell you what is in there. Checked, I checked on last I checked that was a red line. Correct for the, the esteemed senator you, from West. Virginia. You know what is in there? A hundred billion dollars for immigration reform. So even if the parliamentarian, Tim Kaine said this, like I can't believe he said this. He said even the parliamentarian strikes the um, the substantial language. We'll still have the hundred billion dollars in there that we can use to spend on immigration reform. I'm just like, oh, that's an interesting strategy. Right, right. But it also means you put a guy like Manchin again in a situation and Senator Cinema. She's going to have to be against that, right? Because Arizona is now, you know, border in Arizona is bleeding as bad as the border anywhere else right now. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's this is this is interesting because we were chatting about it. It's almost like the Senate is of a of an of the House and the Senate of opposing parties. Yeah, the way that they're kind of playing this thing, it's like the progressives need a vote on something that they can say reflects their values. So I'm going to cobble this quote-unquote deal together to put it on the floor to try to put pressure on the on them to then turn around and vote for the infrastructure package that already passed the Senate and then basically like hand it over to the Senate. And then when the Senate rejects it and writes their own bill, they're going to send it back to the House and then the progressives got to vote for something that is likely going to look significantly different than yeah, this yeah so right so so you know given time to think about it here's you know here's my general thought on the topic they're just putting the they're 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 putting the house in a terrible spot right when i say they i mean this president and speaker putting their own members in a terrible spot because they're now going to have a vote they're going to have exactly what the moderates didn't want to have a vote on a bunch of things that are toxic that the senate has no intention of taking up even right so all these guys are going to get on record. All these moderates from from suburban districts are going to get get on record in favor of all these tax increases, and Senate's going to leave them high and dry. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And and I and I and we we're talking to a friend of ours before we came in. If the moderates were smart, if the salt deduction guys were smart, if the progressives were smart, they'd vote against the rule whenever it showed up on the floor. They'd vote against the rule on this thing, sink it, so to avoid the all of the other votes. Yeah, Republicans teamed up with Democrats in um, 1990. I know it's going to date me, but 1934, 1993, to kill the rule to kill the rule uh, on the crime bill. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Right. Yeah. And they were forced to go back and like basically twist arms to get the rule. They didn't change any. Of, I don't believe they changed any of the legislation. But 
you know, everyone says a contract with America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't that nothing to do with uh, the Republicans taking the House. It helped organize them afterwards. But what the what took that Republican, what took the Democrats out of rule for 40 years was largely that bill. Yeah. Plus a, several several other things that were, you know, not related to the crime bill, but. BTU go, you know, passing the BTU, not getting it through the Senate. It was, it's, it's, it's eerily like that. It's also eerily like Obama's first midterm right now, yeah, yeah. basically. I, I, I would be, I would be surprised, but truthfully, every, it, what's happened today surprised me. I would be really surprised if, if, um, Everybody hasn't had a chance to think about this and figure, you know, I'm going to vote against the rule because I do not want to walk the plank. And if you're a progressive, you also do not want to be in, in favor of this thing, knowing you're going to have to um, eat a bunch of stuff's going to come out. Right. You're going to have to eat right. a bunch of stuff that Senator Manchin is going to come back in that they're not going to like. Well, so. And, and you know, the thing is, I'm listening to the president describe all the great things in here. And I'm thinking to myself, there's at least four or five things in here that Senator Manchin or Senator, C or Senator Cinema have already said they're not going to accept. Right. I'd be a little bit pissed off about them, quite I, honestly. I, well, you know, they they have been, if you notice what the other part of the story of today is, they have been deathly quiet. They have said nothing, right? Yes. Which is usually a sign because... I, I think mainly the reason that Senator Cinema has been very quiet is because of that creepy and weird... The denim thing? Uh, the, no, not that. The creepy and weird Ted Lasso thing that Mitt Romney did today. Yeah. yeah that, that, <laughs> that, anyway. That dude is not right in the head. No, man. no. If you're from Utah, you probably want to think about getting a different senator because he's just not right. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not funny or different or authentic. He's just I weird. Mean, even like, even that, the Romney creased jeans vibe comes out of that that attempt at being clever so uh anyway we digress a little bit so they're gonna probably theoretically they're gonna vote on both of these or, or they're gonna at least vote on this thing tonight so that they can pave the way to get the highway thing done before the 31st right yeah, i think that's their plan so, but and if it all breaks down tonight then who the hell knows you know the highway money thing so, is a bit of a is a bit of a um a ghost right the truth of the matter is Steak eyes in anticipation of this for six months. I guarantee you have been hoarding cash yeah. and uh, paying their paying although, their contractors although for it. her press conference today. Pelosi held up a letter saying grave concerns about a, a, an additional extension. Blah 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 so, blah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, if any if any reporters are out there recovering any of this, you should maybe just check in and see like if that's real or not. Right, like maybe do a little investigating. Maybe call yeah, two, a couple of state DOTs, two, 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 see kind of what the contingency plan is. I don't know. Two, two calls, just some to, advice. Two calls to any, just some thoughts. Two, two calls to any state DOT not completely owned um, by the Democrats. So you'll you'll find out every every all the contracts have been paid in advance, and state guys have cash. This thing's this thing's a, a fiction, right? All right, uh, we we recorded on the day of uh, and uh, the. Uh, Biden CNN town hall, so we weren't able to oh, yeah, provide yeah. our listeners with some of our our choice um, sections of that observations. Yeah, I, I, let's call this the Biden town hall recap, shall we? Sure, I'll do a couple of clips. So what you see is wages are actually up for those who are working. 
because for the first time in a long time, employees are able to bargain. You're the boss. You want me to work for you? What are you going to pay me? How are you going to do it? I'm not being facetious. No, no joke. <laughs> no joke. That never happens, by the way. No, no. This no, never happened no. in American history before Joe Biden. Where I'm not where, kidding. I'm just. I'm, I'm not kidding. No one's ever asked for a raise. No one's ever asked for money to be bumped up <laughs> at the front of a job. Well, because thank you, Joe. He's a guy who's worked in the federal government for 45 years, right? He just, yeah, sure. Everybody just takes what they're given. All right, here's another one. With 40 percent of all products coming into the United States of America on the West Coast go through uh, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? The Long Beach? <laughs> Long Beach, thank you. What am I doing here? Um, thank you, Al Anderson, for thank, helping out the you. President of the United States. By the way, um, Governor DeSantis had a lovely press conference recently flanked by longshoremen, truck drivers, and he basically said, come to Florida. I, I'm not sure what the deal is here. Is our, our ports have been 24-7 for a real long time. So if you just route your, your ships through the Suez Canal, come on into Jacksonville. We'll take you. We're ready to go. We've got supply. We've got logistics ready. We're, we're here. We can help you have a good Christmas. The man knows how to troll Joe Biden. It's a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. He's got that down, right? And And... You know the funny thing is the, the 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 port. I mean, first off, Long Beach is there. There are three huge ports in the United States, lots bigger than any others, right? Long Beach is one of them. Um, Elizabeth, right in um, in Jersey, right in North Jersey, is the other one of them. And then the third one is um, Norfolk, right in in um, you know Hampton Roads in Virginia in, in Virginia, right? Yeah. And interestingly enough, neither New Jersey nor the nor Virginia has said. Come here. We got plenty of room for you guys. It's almost like the governors of uh, Virginia and New Jersey don't want to embarrass the administration. Mm, uh, that couldn't possibly be. Go on There's now. No way. There's no Go way. on now. All right, here's another one. As many as, as one in three emergency responders in some cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, right here in Baltimore, are refusing to comply with city vaccine mandates I'm wondering where you stand on that. Should police officers, emergency responders be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, by the way, working man. Joe cares about way, the working I man. until uh, July to talk about mandating because I tried everything else possible. The mandates are working. All the stuff about people leaving and people getting it. You have you have everyone from United Airlines to Spirit. All these airlines that we're not going to get all 96, 97 percent of the people have gotten the vaccine. All the talk about all these folks who are going to leave the military if they're, they're mandated. Not true. You got about a 90 some percent vaccination rate. I mean, so there's a the idea is that uh, look the two things that concern me. <laughs> One are those who just try to make this a political issue. Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on. Freedom. I agree. Number one. I agree. Number two. The second one is that, uh, you know, the, the gross misinformation that's out there. Okay. I, I agree because, you know, if you think about his oath, oath of office, it's all about public health. 
Yeah. I mean, he does not take an oath to uphold the Constitution. The, there is a uh, um, he, there's a the biggest threat to our way of life, biggest threat to our de- democracy, to to all of this. In my view, is the abuse of this public health business. Oh well, it, it, this is going. This is what is going to. I mean, did you hear me? I waited. I waited. He waited until, until July. Thank you. Give everybody six. Thank Give you, everybody King six Joe. months. He waited. He waited. Shut up, man. Freedom. Freedom. Oh, freedom. Um, yeah. It, it's scary. I, and this what this is the climate stuff. Actually, I Public think health. I think it's okay. I, I tell you why because like like in all good autocracies, right? Um, it, it, if the state mandates propaganda, the citizenry pretty much figures out. Okay, the opposite is true, right? The the really terrible thing that the Russians did, the Soviets, right? That no other, nobody else has been smart enough to do is, the Russians would make you repeat the lie, you know, to impeach you as well, right? Um, oh, but, do, but do he, you do you think? Well, let's you, take from the hearing today. Answer me yes or no: Is climate change an existential threat to our yeah, yeah. To our humanity? And are you res- are you mainly responsible? How could you not answer no to that? Of course it's not. Don't be ridiculous. You're an idiot if you think that. You're an idiot if you think climate change is an existential threat. You really are. We'll get into we'll get into Sorry. The, the, that is the existential threat portion of the show. And, you know, but but you're right about public health, but the great thing is and what nobody figures out is public health guys are destroying their own credibility. They're not destroying oh, anybody else's absolutely. credibility. Yes. Okay. So, all those all those people that uh, Joe Biden was talking about um, not taking the vaccine. The, yeah, not taking the vaccine. All those union guys. Here are a few of them. Let's hear what they have to say. Today, we stand united on one cause. Firefighters, fire officers, EMS, fire dispatchers, others, affinity groups of the FDNY, sanitation, DSNY, NYPD, my brothers and sisters, we one common cause to stand for freedom to choose. These these union guys can be difficult. Yeah. Uh, and then also Chicago, I, the, 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 I don't think the number is 95, 96% no, for the you, Chicago you, PD. You, you, you could play this, Eddie. You could play that same thing in almost any city of any size. I, right? I am joining, uh, I, ladies and gentlemen, I am pro-choice when it comes to vaccines. I've, I've decided that. And I'm also in the NYPD, EMS, um, firefighters, municipal workers are, are also in lockstep with In-N-Out Burger. A second store has been closed. The second one? The, where? Where? I didn't see that. Oh, this one is in, um, let's see, this is from the LA Times. Officials in Northern California closed a second Bay Area In-N-Out Burger restaurant after employees repeatedly failed to check customers eating. Um, let's see. Where is it? Contra Costa uh, County. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've been Pleasant to that. Pleasant Hill. It's in Pleasant Hill. Yeah. yeah okay. I know, I, know, I know that. I know about that one, Arnie, but I've never been there. Arnie Wensinger, In-N-Out's chief legal and business officer, fired back in a statement calling the public health rules intrusive and to private business. We refuse to become the vaccination police for any government. Well, you know, police unions, firefighter unions, in and out. Rebellion start of small things, I suppose. Yeah. All right, back to 
back to Biden and the CNN. Uh, here's another one. Here's a. Um, we will uh, we will do this one as a segue to a, a new topic. You had told uh, us at a town hall, I think it was in July, that the in, this was just near term inflation. The Wall Street Journal recently talks to like sixty seven. Uh, financial experts who said that they they saw high inflation going all the way or deep into 2022. Do you think it's going to last for a while? I, I don't think so. I don't think it will last if, depending on what we do, if we stay exactly where we are, yes. If we don't make these investments, yes. What about gas prices? Because gas, interesting... pr gas prices relate to a foreign policy initiative that is about something that goes beyond the cost of gas. And we're about 330 a gallon most places that now when it's up from was down in the single digits, I mean single digit, a dollar plus. And uh, and that's because of the supply being withheld by OPEC. Yeah. And so there's a lot of negotiation that is there there there's a lot of Middle Eastern folks want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm gonna talk to them, but the point is it's about Gas production. There's things we can do in the meantime, though. Do you think there's a? I mean, do you see? A, do you have a timeline for gas prices, of when do you think they may start coming down? My guess is you'll start to see gas prices come down as we get by and going into the winter. I mean, excuse me, into next year in 2022. I don't see anything that's going to happen in the meantime that's going to re significantly reduce gas prices. But for example, for natural gas to heat your homes as winter's coming. There's a lot of what people don't realize. We put in billions of dollars in what they call LIHEAP. LIHEAP is the provision whereby you're able to get funding from the federal government based upon your need to heat your home and is subsidized in a significant way. And there's billions of dollars we have passed in the legislation I got passed in, in March of this year because we anticipated that would be a problem as well. But the answer ultimately is ultimately, meaning the next three or four years, is investing in renewable energy. Yeah, I've heard okay. enough. Turn that thing off. <laughs> that, you know what? That Okay, so first off. No, we didn't get to the, the strategic reserve I don't yet. want to hear any of that okay. stuff about how the strategic reserve could only you know knock off 18 cents yeah, off the gallon. Right, 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 first, right, right. first off, that's a lie that the price of gas is all about how OPEC's not producing. That's a lie. And the fact that OPEC wants to call him and talk to him about it, that's a lie too. Um, you know what? You know how I try to be um, as respectful and, as I possibly oh, yes. can. And this this person does, in fact, represent the citizens of the United States and has taken the same oath that I've taken. But that's just a flat-out lie. He has to know those are those are lies. Okay. Um, Sorry. The, the price of natural gas is going up, and we anticipated that. And so we put billions of dollars you know, in a piece of uh, a program that subsidizes people's utility paying people's utility bills yeah that's that's his answer to high gas prices yep yeah, oh and by the way there's a natural gas tax in the yeah poor in the people. build back better yeah build back better you forget lieheap lieheap subsidizes poor people's bills don't subsidize everybody's bills subsidize poor people's bills usually by the way if you're running if you're if you use home heating oil in new england it's ed markey's favorite um climate change program is lieheap right um it there's only two possible answers. I say this a bunch of times with the with the with the team Biden. I'll say it again, right? Either either he knows the knows the reality and is lying, um, scary but not bad, um, or he 
actually doesn't know why natural gas prices and gasoline prices are up. And that's really scary. Um, either one, it's a bad answer. Well, they would like the public not to think that there's really anything that they can do. They can do. They've already done it. They've already done they've all the already damage. They've already done everything that they can do to make this problem even worse. It, 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 and it, 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 we don't have to go through the litany of those things. Um, Keystone, Anwar leases. You know, it's, it's one other thing. It, 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 okay, all that stuff. There's one other thing that we don't talk about that we probably should talk about at some point. Um, they have front-run the ESG problem, right? And all of it, all of it is um, about the psychology of investing. Yes. Right? It is a chronic effort um, by guys like Larry Fink at BlackRock to – and the Biden administration is playing along, right? And I'm, I'm certain they're coordinating, right, because they can't – you know, they, they have to be, right, um, to promote underinvestment in oil and gas space. And, you yes. know, well, they've been doing it for for a, for a while. They've been laying that foundation and, and, for a and, while, and, and and it's a serious problem. And you know, Bob and, McNally's been talking about it for a year now. So uh, let me read something from OilPrice.com. Yay! Aramco CEO underinvestment in oil is a huge concern. Aramco CEO Nas Nazar, crude oil production capacity is dwindling globally, and more investments in new production are needed urgently. It's a huge concern. If there's an aviation pickup next year, that spare capacity will be deleted. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, you know, it, the, the, okay. Right now in normal boom and bust cycles, we're in a boom cycle. Yeah. Right. But, and I said this a few episodes ago that I think the producers are being like judicious yeah. about this. Sure. In part because of of what you just described, yeah, there's the psychology of investment. They're right? trying to figure. They're trying to figure out how much damage is this government going to really do to me. Exactly. Yeah, and and so that and those those investments now won't come online in the very near future. That's right. We're in for a pretty rough stretch. Yeah, we're in for a rough stretch. Yeah. So Bob McNally, right? Who I who I respect and read. Um, he he thinks it's going to be um bad into the middle of next year. Um, I'm sorry, into the um late 2022, right? Basically, all next year is going to be bad. I think it's probably that's a underestimation. I think it's probably going to be bad until the middle of 2023. And when I say bad, you're talking about oil prices north of a hundred bucks. Um, and that's yes, yeah. That that's gonna the the, the interesting thing about you know. What what would you just play the president saying? And you know where I just couldn't stand any more of it. Um, but he didn't say he didn't say this. He didn't say, "Look, if you really think climate change is an existential threat, you need to be in favor of high oil and gas prices. You need to be in favor of this stuff. This, it's good this for is you." The, this is the the this is the plan. But you know what? This the, is the plan. It's very obvious that they you know wanted this to happen. I mean, his old boss said it under my plan. Electricity prices will, you know, necessarily skyrocket. Sure, man. Right. Um, it's the it, as one of our uh, co colleagues uh, said, it's the Tanya Harding approach to energy policy. Yeah, you break right? the other guys' you break kneecaps. the other guys' yeah. kneecaps so that you look you 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 can win the competition. Oh, uh, a Bloomberg reporter, um, by the name of Olga Tanis. She just uh, tweeted something that was uh, at a at a conference. 
Russia's uh, Rosneft, is that how hey, you Rosneft, it? Yeah. Rosneft yeah. CEO Igor Sechin said that underinvestment in traditional en- energy sources amid the ongoing transition to renewables may lead to a global deficit and a further price rally. Yeah. And, and so like everyone's being a grown up about this, except for our government, except for, and probably most likely Europe. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. Yeah. 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 I suspect even the Europeans at this point are starting to get a little anxious about what the winter holds. I, I don't want to point this out, but um, almost a month ago now, I wrote a column for the Washington times that said, there's going to be lots of premature mortalities in Europe because People aren't going to be able to afford to heat their houses and apartments and whatnot. And you know what? This is all fun, and we all like making fun of Joe Biden, and he's an idiot and all this other stuff. That what do we tell the people who are dead? What do we tell their relatives? Yeah. Hey, your 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 grandpa, your mom, whatever, they died, sure, because they couldn't afford um, home heating oil or natural gas, but they really died because of lousy government policies and activities. That's right. The, the governments that have been pushing this stuff and the investors who have been pushing this stuff uh, bear the responsibility for this. They do. Period. End of story. They do. It's and, very and, simple. And that's why I said, you know, when, when you listen to Biden, well, you know, Middle East politics, blah, 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 blah. It, it has nothing to do with any of that. And he has to know that. So uh, under the previous administration, uh, President Trump, uh, wage uh, wages rose every year, year over year, for American workers across the board. Yeah, sure. To the point where the median, I think, was sixty eight thousand. That sounds about right. Sixty eight thousand dollars a year. Yeah. There's something that's going to be coming out soon where uh, President Trump acknowledges that the main reason for all the the main underpinning for all of the economic success in his. Was the energy administration stuff? was the energy stuff. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it, and it, I think he's dead right. There's look. There's two. There's only. This is an ominous, ominous thing I'm about to say, but but it tracks right. There's only two things that that touch everything in the world in in the economy in the world, right? Energy, and food. And you know, when energy prices go up, everything goes up. And well, energy is a huge input cost input to into food. food, right? Exactly, and that's what I was going to say is, um, right? Javier uh, Blas, who's a, I think, a writer for Bloomberg, um, he caught on to something that you and I have been watching for the last couple of weeks, and that is huge spike in fertilizer prices. And the the tempo of farmers' lives is they tend to buy their make their fertilizer buys in December and January, right, and get deliveries in um, um, February, March, and April, right. They're going to be paying a lot of money for fertilizer because its main component yeah. is natural gas. So expect higher food prices next but year, even too. higher than they even higher than they are and, now, right? And and the bellwether for that, or the barometer for that, um, is and this is from the Hill yesterday: McDonald's hikes prices to offset wage increases, supply costs. They're hiking the prices of their menu items in order to offset the. Wage increases that Biden keeps bragging about, yeah, and the supply costs as the U.S. grapples with a labor shortage and a supply chain crisis. The Wall Street Journal reported. Yeah, I'm not. I I find all that unremarkable. Right? It's 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 going to happen. And that's gas prices and McDonald's and the folks are going to start rising up. I'm telling you. You know, and the other thing about inflation, you know, if you lived through it before, right? Um, 
expectations feed the fire, right? Expectations of the kerosene, right? So part of McDonald's is no doubt, hey, catching up with reality, but part of it is expectations. Same with fertilizer prices that farmers are going to be locking in the next 60 to 80 days, right? Ex expectations. Same with investments in oil, right? The psychology of investments, what do you expect the world to be? And that is what this administration either does not understand or is um, or is sociopathological about, right? They don't care. Well, I, um, I think, yeah. That, okay. that, you know, the psychology of, of, of the economy is really, really important. I had a, a I, not to brag, but I had a similar quote in Fox Business hit about the sham hearing that's going on today. The dog and phony show? Yeah, the dog and <laughs> phony show. That's a great quote, Bob. Thank you. Um, and it wasn't a spell check issue either. So No, I'm sure it wasn't. Um, so for those who are, you know, un unaware, they had the desperate attempt to replicate the tobacco hearings of years back with the <laughs> on CEOs on of Zoom. oil, which all by, <laughs> by like credit Kawase and Mfume because he's like, um, is there a reason none of the witnesses showed up? <laughs> I said, you made the rules, you right? Made, you, you, made... You, you allow everyone to zoom in. Mike Summers and, and the chamber lady are sitting in their offices around the corner, right? <laughs> Zooming in <laughs> to the hearing, right? And they can't get the picture of everyone standing up, raising their hands. Big dummies. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the this is the irony here. At the exact same time that hearing was going on, yeah, one of um, Biden's uh, uh, top lieutenants, guys, top lieutenants, top lieutenants at a forum urged oil and gas producers to increase supply. Yeah, man. It, at the exact, I mean, it wasn't even like a day before or a day out. It was during the hearing. They're, they're, the forum was happening. They're, you know, okay. This is my weekly. This is my weekly. Um, this is my weekly alert on this topic. I will. I will be quick. Um, I this administration seemed like a bunch of smart, competent people on paper <laughs> when they came in. This administration is hopeless. I was listening a quick divergence. I was listening to Mike Smarconish on the drive up today, and he said, "Well, surely Biden must have an actual deal. Otherwise, to go up to the hill without a deal would be the equivalent of political malpractice." And Ron Klain is just too smart for that to happen. Yeah. And sure enough, what does it turn out? Joe Biden went up to the hill without a deal. Of course. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what Smirkanish, a fellow, uh, he and I went to the same school, what Smirkanish doesn't understand and what I have been really resistant to is that these guys really aren't that smart. They're just yeah. not. They, they can't even synchronize something like yeah, this. They don't even know. Like your friend they, Amos, right? It was Amos, right? Yeah, it was Amos. Mr. Hochstein. Um, you know. The Amos, the revolving door Amos. Yeah, you think so. you think you think how complicated would it be for him to just like maybe I shouldn't do that here. <laughs> uh, just read your press clips, okay. guys. So a couple quick data points on <clears throat> the 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 fact that there's nothing Joe can do uh, that hasn't already been done. In um, the month of July, Russia we imported seven hundred and sixty-one thousand barrels a day from Russia. Yeah. The state of Alaska produced 380,000 barrels a day. So we are roughly now importing double our, our exports of, of what once was our number yeah. two producer yeah. of, of oil in this country domestically. Okay. Um, it, 
it does not have to be that way. It no. does not have to be that all, way. All they are, is, all Russia is now choices. our number two. We are now they're our number two importer of oil. Wait, wait, our number two source of import. Source oil. of imported yeah. oil. Wait until wait until New England starts to get a little um, dry on natural gas this winter, and the shipments start coming in from Yamal. Yeah. What when 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 it's just a matter of time. Where they whereas otherwise they could waive the Jones Act. Yeah, bring it over and wheel it from the Gulf. Or, hmm, here's a novel idea. Why don't you run a pipe from Pennsylvania since New York, even though they have um, natural gas underneath their their political boundary has banned it yeah essentially zero chance of that it's in it, it's utterly insane zero of course it's a, it, it's it, utterly insane it, and it, dumb in a, and ridiculous in a normal and, in a normal country and, and it would have taken somebody about 87 seconds to figure out we're going to run a pipe under the hudson river and just keep moving yeah. and and why is all this uh why all this uh, what's the what is the underlying motivation here for all of this renewables yeah i mean it's it's, it's renewables it's, let let's do let's do a like a um a quick uh overview of what had been in and is no longer in the build back better for climate oh um, punitive taxes on the oil industry oh, yeah i was gonna say um a program that paid utilities to produce renewable fuel and and tax them for not producing renewable fuel Soon to be a methane natural gas tax that may or may not be voted on tonight in the House, but will not likely make it in the Senate. Yeah, I was going to say that. And so instead, they they said, well, let's take the cash for all that and put it into climate programs. So they're plussing up all the renewable tax credits. They're adding uh, new new stuff for like hydrogen, CCS, all the same old garbage. To the tune of five hundred and fifty, right? It, it, it's it's about a third. It's going to be about it's going to be about a third of the total, right? By the time they the, clear, the Democrats are are spending are are massively, massively subsidizing large corporations. Sure, corporate welfare, many of which are foreign owned. Well, this is their climate plan. Yeah, it is. But let me just let me just. I don't. Two things, right? Two things are relevant, right? That, to my mind, one is they don't care about who gets the money, right? They, they, um, oh, and and the walk around money for their for the justice, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that the, stuff. The, they, the that, that's warriors. important, but but for the for the donor base, the donor base doesn't care about what companies get it. The donor base cares that they get to run the financing end of, of it, course. right? You know, so they 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 look at it like, hey, we're going to take twenty percent of that five hundred billion and you know do quite well, right? We're going to get a hundred billion dollars, right? They don't care. Here's how you know they don't care, right? The um, the wind and solar tax credits and the orphans, right? Geothermal, hydrogen, all that other stuff, um, are subject to both prevailing wage and domestic content um, provisions, right? Which, if you are a uh, if you're a wind installer, if you're a solar panel installer, not not the not the base. Oh yeah, no. You, well, okay. You gotta you gotta be careful about this. The current rate requires domestic content and prevailing wage. If you don't have that, you're only going to get about fifteen percent of the of the of the current rate. So it's not plus ups. It's the baseline, right? It's the administration. That's the deal they made with the union guys on it, right? It's mm-hmm. the only way management could possibly tolerate any of it, right? So 
if you're a wind and a solar guy, and this is this is going to be the fight they're going to have in the Senate for the next whatever two three weeks, they're going to be trying to get to modify those provisions, right? Because they're they're not happy with them. Mm-hmm. The prevailing wage, a lot of them pay it already. The domestic content, there's no way they can get not domestic content. No, no, no. So anyway, long story short is, um, administrations is like sure, you know, unions guys, we want to, we want prevailing um, wage, we want domestic content because they want those supply chains back on shore, right? Administration's like, sure, whatever, we don't care, so long as the number doesn't change, right? So long as we can still finance the whole operation. So it's a bit of a racket. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I was going to so, say, I'm trying to be kind. So the, the EV tax credit is interesting, too, because GM just came out in favor of it, and Tesla's coming out swinging against it because of the union you know, made, sure. made here stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. first fissure in the, in the, in with the autos, there's a couple of little riff, riffs here and there. Like for example, the last go around GM and Tesla were, were threatened the rest of them that if they don't lobby for the expansion, they were going to lobby to kill it. Mm. Right. So that was, uh, you know, but this is the first time there's been a very public split, particularly between GM and Tesla. Yeah. So, 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 okay. This is interesting. Right on the house side, Right, you just have you have. There's two things in the house side of the agri-vehicle thing. One is, um, one is, the um, right the the per car thing, right, which is which is pretty generous, right, for for cars again domestic content, right, for cars. I forget exactly the phrase. Fifty five percent made in the United States, something like that. Um, you get an extra bump up. You get forty five hundred more bucks, so you get uh, twelve thousand bucks for a car instead of seventy five hundred, right. Um, and and that's you know. Tesla looked at that a little bit like, like oh, okay, you know, how do we count that? How's you know, that's a fight you fight at our, uh, the IRS. The other thing that was interesting about the electric vehicle thing is they keep talking about, hey, we have enough for 500,000 chargers. Okay. Everybody I know looks at that like, like they look at all numbers and say, is that a big number? Well, I'm just a simple country boy. But California, the CARB guys put out a report every year about how their progress in getting chargers built and their progress in getting close to um, having 100% sales of EVs by 2035, right? And they say, hey, to get that by 2035, we would need about 1.25 million chargers. In the state of California alone, they would need one and a quarter million chargers, right? And for those of you who care about these things, they have about 65,000 built. They have about 50,000 on the drawing board. So they're about 10% of their way to goal, right? 500,000 charges is almost nothing. And people don't seem to kind of grasp that. So I, I'm not saying it's not transformative, but it's not transformative. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that there aren't a bunch of problems, but there are a bunch of problems. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean no, to No, no, this there. is good. The, I was looking for a, a buddy of mine just, just pulled a quote of Biden, like basically – uh, completely fabricating the, the again, who has apparently has no concept of, of what the situation is in the real world. It's like George Bush's um, grocery store moment, George H. W. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah, the barcoding you know, and the, and the, no, the no sc- joke. I'm not kidding. You know, with an electric vehicle, you can go from you can go from east coast to the west coast. Yeah. You don't even have to fill up your tank. In in one in no one joke. I was gonna say it's you real. It, it's um, yeah. His exact quote. Let me read it to you because it's fun. Uh, when you buy an electric vehicle, you can go across America on a single tank of gas. Figuratively speaking, it's not gas. You plug it in. <laughs> no joke. I'm not kidding. Uh, you know. Here's, no, I'm not being facetious. Ron Klain just reiterated the lie that this bill will cost nothing. 
by the way. So well, in all fairness, I wonder how in, in intelligent fairness, he really is. In all fairness, Joe Biden, President Biden said the same thing. He said it's fully paid for. It's going to cost yeah. nothing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's it can't be fully paid for and cost nothing. Those two things, those two sentences are contrary to each other. Right. This turned out to be an energy heavy. We're gonna we're regulated we are gonna, we're gonna, we, we're gonna let's let's plow through. I got a couple more things on energy, and then all right, hurry uh, up, and then we can get into it. We're on time. Um, COP26, the whole, the, the, the media is fawning over, oh, this, he needs something for, to, for his suitcase to, to go to COP26. Yeah. So that he, who has from, uh, advocated the, you know, the disarmament of our economy, is going to meet with a bunch of Europeans who advocate for the disarmament of their economy. The people who need to be there. Yeah. Well, Ch China already said they're not going right, to okay. do more on the pledges. Yeah. They just and, said, no. And let me. Let me tell you what um, uh, we actually we just put out a new post today at the Institute for Energy Research. The um, China's emissions in 2020, yeah, exceeded United States and America combined. The United States, yeah, all of Europe, yeah, including all the stuff that you don't think about, yeah, and Russia combined, yeah, in yeah. 2020, yeah. Their their emissions exceeded yeah, the, like the I said, total about four, some total of all of the, the that yeah, which I just described about fourteen billion tons right it's it's yeah. it's it's uh it's not quite a third of the planet but it's pretty close and um the United States between two thousand five we just updated the numbers to two thousand twenty global CO two emissions from energy grew by fourteen percent um, the United States led the world in emission reductions. Uh, negative 24 percent 1423 yeah like i said we've been declined 10 uh 10 to 10 to the tenfold during that period you know, like i said we, we we've been dropping at a pretty steady rate of about 1.1 percent over the last decade in the united states emitted this is the china number 23 yeah. percent more than than what i just described eight thousand fifty four million metric tons yeah that's just that's the energy so sector the, the fellas who need to be there are like yeah we're not coming we're on a drilling spree yeah, yeah we're building coal I, See ya. I don't i don't you know president if this really is the most important thing that's going to define his presidency this legislation he should be here working on it because i guarantee you meeting with the pope and hanging out with his friends at the cop not going to accomplish anything literally nothing well, that, well he's in rome now he has yeah he, well, well he hasn't landed yet. he hasn't landed yeah he hasn't so, landed yet. yeah so um not going to accomplish anything 550 billion dollars of which most of it will be wasted on um just, technologies can, that are already stop that sentence but no hold on have already been proven to not be commercially viable i.e ccs um again as i reiterated corporate welfare Sure. Largely. Sure. Corporate welfare. Yeah. So the party that, you know, uh, cares oh, so yeah. much about, right? Dude, come and on. walk around money for their, for their activists. Okay. So you and I, on the, we did a back of the envelope last night at dinner. The $550 billion, let's say you take, a, I'm not going to name, name the name, but there's a current, there's a, there's a nuclear plant being built in Georgia. Yeah. And the cost on that is going to come all in around what? 25 20, billion. 20, let's, let's do 30. Okay, 30 billion. Just give them a little cushion. Any of that number, any, anywhere in there is defensible. Give them a little yeah. cushion. Now, yeah. what do you say, how much is uh, electricity is that plant going to generate? 
I think about 1,700 megawatts. Okay. Maybe a little bit more than that, but, but about, I think that's a good guess. So if this was the existential threat to humanity yeah, man. that that it is being portrayed and the administration needed to do something about it, we crunched the numbers and you could build 18 equivalent nuclear that's about, plants. I think that's what we decided. So how much, what was that number times 18? Oh, okay. Um, 170, about 245 gigawatts, something like that. You could like build, that, and you could do it pretty much in cent centrally located areas, correct? Because the United States has a lot of land in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Presidio, for example, you could put one there. Well, um, you already have you already have two nuclear plants that are getting shut down in California. Okay, so so it I'm not advocating for any of this, but would it not be a better spend to spend oh, that yeah. five hundred and fifty dollars oh, yeah. having the Department of Defense deal with what what is an existential threat to the United States? National security threat. Nancy Pelosi told me it was a national security threat just this afternoon. So I don't know. I Maybe I'm missing something. I'll here. sharpen the math on but that's that. zero emission electricity. It's it it is legit a zero emission electricity. I, I'm I'm always uncomfortable when the government gets in the middle of this stuff in any direction. It's just government doesn't do this stuff well. Okay. Okay. I got it off my chest. I, I know All you feel right. better. Um but I'm not worried about I think we're gonna be wildly successful at COP twenty six because Special Envoy Kerry has just received the cover. Yeah, of Time Magazine. Of Time Magazine. Yeah. The title being The Diplomat. Yikes. John Kerry brings America back. From where? Into the climate fight. Yeah. Good good, good for John. I, good for know, John. It's so... I'm, good for the Special Envoy. I'm super glad he's getting what he wants out of the world, right? <laughs> Honor and power and glory and all this other stuff. Because he's just a, not a good person. And by the way, if you notice, they didn't announce that he invested a bunch in China. Okay. Uh, I want to play this clip, and I want you to respond to it. And okay. the only way that I know, that I know you know how, uh, with all candor, and fire. So hang on a second. You've cited as the basis for that directive the National School Board Association's letter of September 29th. Was that directive being prepared before September 29th, before the School Board Association letter was issued? I don't believe so. Certainly I didn't have any idea. So it was only prepared at, okay, I think that answers the question. I already answered that So, so you, you keep citing the school board letter and news reports. News re right. One of the news reports cited in that letter, which you presumably mean is from Loudoun County, Virginia. No, that's Scott, not. That is not um, uh, what I was talking about. Well, it, about. you keep citing news reports, and that's the most prominent news report that anyone in America has seen. That refers to Scott Smith, whose 15-year-old daughter was raped. She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes, and the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights, was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator, anyone whose uh, child was raped has, uh, is the most horrific crime I can imagine and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to protest to their school board about this. But he was cited by the school board association that's fine, as a domestic not... terrorist, which we now know that letter and those reports were the basis for your... No, this, no, this is, Senator, this is that's wrong. Judge, that's, this is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. 
That's not Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge. Or just resign. It's yeah, a, it's okay if you don't do it in disgrace. I don't really care. I'll take a resignation. But I am glad he didn't. Uh, he's not a Supreme Court justice because he is shockingly turned. His image, whole image was this, mo you know, middle of the road kind of, you know, fair handed judge. Right. No. And he's wickedly. Wickedly yeah. partisan. Yeah, and so what we know about the National School Board Association letter, right, is that the White House basically um, cooked it with them before. Right. But and, and and that got yeah. that got addressed in this hearing. Also, I'm sure it Ted did. Cruz I'm, I'm sure it did. And what we're going to find out, what we're going to ultimately find out, is is that Attorney General Garland was part of that cooking process, right? And and the fact that Garland refused to answer any questions on the topic tells you, right? Because lawyers will do a lot of things, but you know what they won't do? They won't lie under oath. Yes, because um, that gets you disbarred. So, um, you know that that's not a criminal thing, right? They can just another lawyer can just bring you up for for um, for violating the oath, right? So, he's on a clock. I don't know how long his clock is, but he's on a clock because eventually, you know, if if Mr. Youngkin wins in Virginia, this issue is not going away. It's going to get louder. And eventually guys like Mark Warner and Tim Kaine are going to actually ask for his resignation. You can feel this one coming 100 miles away. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of sad because, you know, I was looking forward to more testimony from him where he played the lawyer and Hawley and Cruz and Cotton played lawyers <laughs> right back to him, right? It's like, it's like all these geeks that you couldn't stand in college. They, they love they're, it. They're, they're like, all like – I'm taking out my rhetorical sword. Yeah, they're all they're yeah. all they're all now handcuffed to each other yeah. in this horrible place called the Senate Judiciary Committee. The Judiciary Committee and the EPW Committee is where you go if you want to run for president. It's That's also, it. The, it. The EPW, if you're a Dem, because you've got to kowtow to the Greens, and the Judiciary, because yeah, but, you might get your shot at a Supreme Court. But it's terrible. It's terrible. You have to hang out with these people. Yeah. Can you imagine who in the world wants to spend their lives with these guys? All right. Last thought. Predictions. Youngkin's going to win. Winston Sears is going to win. Jason Meares is going to win. The Republicans are going to do no worse than plus four in the House of Delegates. Um, bonus prediction. I was going to ask you for a bonus prediction. Were you going to ask me a specific bonus prediction? Jersey governor. Yeah. Um, uh, Phil Murphy hangs on by like three points. Three points. Jersey is always that tease. Right, it's like, oh, Jersey's in play. Look, the the uh, I've worked it, races. It's shrinking. It's a sleeper. I've worked races. <laughs> it's like, I've worked it's races. always a big tease. Pennsylvania used to be that way, but Donald Trump changed. He that. did. I worked. I've worked races in Jersey my whole life. Um, I think Chitterelli's done a great job, and, uh, and truthfully, the, if he gets within three points, it's going to send a shockwave across the system. So, um, but I think the Republicans are going to do pretty good next uh, next Tuesday. All right, I'm going to close with a uh, with our president just because um, he's had, had a very active couple of days. So, Yo, you realize the Chinese are now building another high speed rail line and will go up to 300 miles per hour. You say, what difference does that make, Biden? Well, guess what? If you can get in a train and go from here to Washington much faster than you can go in an automobile, you take a train. You take the train. We will take literally. Millions of automobiles off the road, off the road, saving tens of millions of barrels of oil, dealing with cleaning up the air. This is not hyperbole. This is a fact.
These are facts. It's actually a projection, no, you big joke. dummy. No, I'm it's, it's not, not a fact. It's a projection. No By the joke. way, it's does he live in the guess same what? country as California? And guess what? Doesn't cost anything. Doesn't cost anything. It's all free. Cost zero. Mr. President, I encourage you to call anybody you know in California and ask them for their experience with high-speed rail. <laughs> anybody. It's no joke, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody. This podcast is over. Namaste. Talk to you next week. Namaste. It's no joke. I'm not being facetious. I'm serious. He's so terrible. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> hey.